Okay, now that you got your notes, I'm going to dive in. We have tons of scriptures and points and things like that that we're going to uh, dive into. And so uh, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, um, pull me down just a little bit in my mic, Andy. Just give me a little bit ahead. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. The reason that's important for us is because on Sunday mornings, there, there is a focus uh, Sunday morning is really for the non-believer. You know, we have last weekend, somebody tell me, was it 11 or 14 people give their life to Jesus? I, it was 11. I thought it was 11. People said yes to Jesus for the first time last weekend alone. Uh, and for every one of those 11, there's, you can imagine there's dozens, if not hundreds that come that don't know Jesus. Uh, and, and not that they don't know anything about religion, but they don't have a relationship with God. Some of them don't. You know, we're in a generation now, people do not know anything about Christ. Um, you know, that generation is now. And so, you know, we're, we're not going to stand up. Even though I'm spirit-filled, I'm not going to stand up and speak in tongues on a Sunday morning. Probably not going to do it on a Wednesday night. You know, I just, why? Because I believe when I speak in tongues to everybody else, there ought to be an interpretation. And so if the, I'm not operating in the gift of tongues, I operate in personal tongues for me, which I'm going to get into in a minute. And so Sunday, you could say, well, you know, something's, it's interesting, you know, where's the banners or the flags if you're raised in a Pentecostal charismatic church, you know what I mean? And uh, that kind of marks you as charismatic or spirit-filled. And, and really what we look at is, is true life change marks our life as great, you know, disciples. But what I have had this feeling of is I think people have had the experience of salvation, but they're lacking power. So you can come to church and you can amen me and you're going to heaven. Your soul is secure. You know, you're, you, the, the devil can't take your salvation. But what he will do is rob you of what God has for you on this earth. But he can't rob you if you have power. He can't rob you if you're walking in all of the fullness of God in your life. And so what I have sensed, even over the last couple of months, which is very odd, I, I've sensed people being deceived or they're, they're like they're quitting. It's like, it's almost like, man, they were doing so good. And then all of a sudden, like, where are they at? Well, they stopped coming every week. Okay. Well, how many know that's the first step to not coming at all? You know, it's, it's a process. The devil's not going to knock you out and say, don't go to church at all. He's just going to say, well, you ain't got to go every week. Like, you ain't got to go every week, you know. And so you miss a week. But how I many know I miss one week, then I miss two weeks, and then three weeks, and then, and then I'm back to what I used to do. Now you're not as happy because Jesus is on the inside of you. So you go back to the drugs, you go back to the party, you go back to that lifestyle, you go back to just being a workaholic, but you'll never be happy even if you're making great money because Jesus is on the inside of you. So the Holy Spirit will convict you. And what I have sensed is I've sensed is there's a lack of power. Now, the freedom small groups lead people to experience the power and the freedom of God and the, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Yep. But I can't get a thousand people through that in one night. Not tonight, a thousand people are here, but, but I just feel like God wants to do something in the masses tonight. And so... I'm really going to share on that. Now, we're just going to dive in. You know, so we're, 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 we're here at this place where people need power. We're a, diver, a diverse church, not only in age and ethnicity, but even denominational backgrounds. You know, you've got Catholics, you've got Baptists, Charismatic, Pentecostal, Methodist, Presbyterian. I mean, there's just all types of backgrounds. So I just want to bring clarity to a, a subject that there's a lot of confusion around. And so we're going to talk about it. Now, before I dive into specifically talking about the Holy Spirit, I want to lay a foundation. 
Now just get ready because we're going to go through lots of scriptures. You're going to have to track with me fast. But I want to explain the spiritual progression that God wants us to experience in our Christian faith. I think it's important for you to understand this at first before we go right into the Holy Spirit. There are three baptisms that God wants every believer to experience. Three baptisms. Okay, the first one is salvation. Salvation. This is being baptized into the body of Christ. So look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It says, for we were all baptized. Everybody say baptized. <laughs> by one spirit into one body. So salvation brings us into the body of Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. It says, you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So you get, you're baptized into Christ. You've clothed yourself with Christ. I don't know what that ringing is. I don't know if that's back there somebody. Okay, somebody's got it. There you go. Baptized into Christ. So, so salvation is the first baptism God wants us to experience. Second baptism is this, water baptism. Now, that's what we did this last weekend. We had how many people water baptized? 15. Amazing. Awesome. People went public. So look, look at Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So baptized, that's the immersion of water where God wants every one of us to experience. It represents me dying uh, and to the old self and being resurrected in new life. So the baptism of salvation, which is being salvation being baptized into the body of Christ, baptism of, of water, and then look at this, baptism of the Holy Spirit. So that's the third experience that God wants us to experience in our life. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. This actually shares all three experiences in this passage of Scripture. It says, For there were three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. So they're in heaven. You know, the Word is made flesh. It's Jesus. Okay, it says these three are one. And then there are three that bear witness on earth. So there's three that bear witness in heaven, three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, that's being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The water, which is baptism. And then the blood, how many know that represents salvation? That's all three baptisms that he wants us to experience and here on earth. And it says these three agree as one. So it's the plan of God for our lives. You can go back and study it later. We're just going to set this foundation. They're all three separate experiences. Everybody say separate. separate. So they're not all done at the same time. They are separate experiences. Now you can experience two of them at the same time, uh, like one consecutive to the other, but it's not all in one moment. They are different experiences. Now, I want to spend the rest of my time really talking about the third experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's a point of confusion for a lot of people, whether you're Christian or non-Christian. It really makes sense because the devil doesn't want people to receive the power that God has for them. I mean, can you imagine it really, why, why would I allow there to be clarity? If I'm the devil, I'm going to bring kind of all confusion and misunderstanding why? Because then you're not going to walk in power. I can't steal your salvation, but I can rob you of the power that God has for you in your life. So he wants to limit you from being effective. Let's look in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 6. It says, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, look, so they're disciples... Uh, and, and here he's going to ask them, look, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, no, we didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. 
So think about that. I think that's the response of a lot of Christians. And even in our church, this is the, this is the tug that I've had. Is like, I didn't even know that there was this Holy Spirit. You know, unless you teach a series on it, there's, there's really not a lot of time where we explain it. Well, I'm explaining it tonight. So we didn't even know about it. And then verse 3, it says, so Paul asked, then what is baptism? What is the baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. And on hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the first baptism, salvation. And it says, Paul placed his hands on them. The Holy Spirit came on them. So look, so they've already been saved They've experienced salvation. Now Paul lays his hands on them, and it says the Holy Spirit came on them. And look at what happens. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. Isn't that interesting? So they're already saved. Paul lays his hands on them, and now they are filled with the Holy Spirit, and they begin to speak in tongues, and they are prophesying. So we see salvation, then we see baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why is it a separate experience? You know, that's what you got to ask yourself. You know, why is this baptism of the Holy Spirit separate? It's because God never wanted anything packaged with salvation. Salvation is a beautiful gift that is to be received all on its own. It's the perfect work of the cross of Jesus Christ in our lives. So look, all you need to be saved is to believe, to, to, to confess Jesus as Lord. We're saved by grace through faith. If we added the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now you could get works involved with salvation. God never intended for salvation to have anything to do with works. It's by grace through faith. Salvation is all about eternity. Now, I know I'm teaching. You guys getting it? You're with me. So it's all about eternity. The baptism of the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with my salvation. It has nothing to do with my eternity and where I'm going to spend my eternity. But it has everything to do with my success here on this earth. Everything. So why do I need it? Watch. Look, God designed for us to live a spirit-empowered life, to walk in his power. He never intended, think about this, he never intended for us to build his church in our own strength. Think about it. whose church is it? It's his church. He's asking us to do what's impossible. Think about buying this land. We're six years old. You know, we're looking at land that's millions of dollars. Uh, in the natural, it seems impossible. Why would he want us to do that? Because he wants his church to take dominion, to take possession, to have property and land so that more people could come to know him and have salvation experiences, that we could touch the community in a greater way. How could we do it on our own? We can't. We need his super on top of our natural. He never intended you to live your supernatural life without his power. That's not his plan. It's never been and never will be the plan that he has for your life. He wants us to build his church with his power. So now, if we're talking about the Holy Spirit, let's go back to the place where it first mentions the Holy Spirit. When you're studying the Bible, theologians and scholars will all tell you, you always want to go back to the place of its first mention. Because when you do that, it's actually going to give you understanding. It's actually going to give you the context. You'll be able to have the right frame of mind 
mind when you're talking about whatever it is that you're studying. So we're going to go back to that. Let's look at John chapter 20, verse 19 through 23. Uh, and we've we got a lot of scripture we're going, to cap, we're going to capture and read through this. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked. Now, this is after Jesus has died. He's rose again. He's shown himself to some of the disciples. We're picking up in John what he's saying in the story that's taking place. It says, Jesus came and stood among them. So they're afraid. Think about it. Pitiful, afraid, behind locked doors. Why? Because they just killed the Messiah that they had been waiting for. And now they were afraid they're coming after them. They, they're afraid. They're walking in fear. Remember, Peter denied Jesus. I'll never deny you. I'd die with you. And the little, little girl, just a little girl, a little teenager asked him a question. And he's denying it like, like she's going to stone him or something. Just afraid. And that's the way the disciples are. And then Jesus all of a sudden showed up. How I many know Jesus shows up? I'm freaking out a little bit says, peace with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. So look, this is, this is me. Uh, and it says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive what? The Holy receive the Holy Spirit. So, so now on this, look, receive the Holy Spirit. That was salvation. So you look at that, you say, well, they're being filled with the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. See, they couldn't get saved until Jesus went to hell and beat the devil and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Once he was resurrected, now salvation could come. So in this moment, they experienced the salvation of God. And now that's, that's, the, that's the new covenant that we all get to experience. But, but to get the complete story, so you would say, look, man, he just breathed on there through the Holy Spirit, but I don't see no tongues. I don't see what you were talking about. But no, 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 that wasn't tongues. That's, that's salvation. Okay, now look at Luke, because the Gospels have the same story, but from different angles. And many times when you go back and read them, what they'll do is they'll illustrate one thing, one item, one detail that the other one didn't detail. Now look, look at Luke 24, 36, same story. It says, while they're still talking about this, Jesus stood among them and said, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. I'd be freaking out. It says, he said to them, why are you troubled? Why do you doubt in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It's I myself touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And it says, then he told them this, is what's written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance and the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And you're my witnesses of these things. And so look at this next statement. This is a future tense statement. Hadn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. Now, remember the other passage, he's already breathed on them. They received the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. You don't get a portion of God. How many know you get all of God? But doesn't mean you're walking in the fullness of God. So they've received salvation, but this detail says, wow, there is more. Why? Because look at what he says. He says, but I want you to go stay into the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. See, they had received the Holy Spirit from salvation, but they hadn't been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit yet. So he said, look, I'm going to send you to a place 
You're going to receive power, but I don't want you to go to the ends of the earth until you've received the power. So in other words, I don't need you to do your assignment until you have the power to fulfill your assignment. I think some of you have been trying to fulfill the assignment, but you haven't had the power yet to fulfill the assignment that God has for your life. He wants to clothe you with power just like he clothed the disciples. Look, a great example would be a bottle of water. You know, when you got a bottle of water uh, and you're filling it up, you're pouring the water into the bottle. How many know that bottle is receiving the water? Show me, throw, just throw me that bottle. So, so this, this bottle of water is, it's re- this bottle is receiving water, right? Now it's full of water. But this bottle that's received water, how many know I can immerse it in, in, in water as well? Now, same bottle, same water, two different experiences. That's what baptize. I baptize this thing up in water. What does that mean? That means it's been submerged in the water. God wants us submerged in his power. We're filled and we're submerged. And so you got to have both. Some of us, we're just filled. We've got it on the inside of us, but God wants it everywhere. He wants to submerge us in his power. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 5. Or chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, it says, In my former book, Theophilus, so this is Luke speaking. He's the writer of Acts. He says, I wrote all about that Jesus began to do and teach until the day that he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was still alive. And then Luke says, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised. So I'm saved, but don't leave yet. Look, look, just hang out because I'm going to clothe you with power. It says, which you've heard me speak about for John baptized with water. But in a few days, hadn't happened yet, but they've been saved Holy Spirit's been breathed on them. They're not the same. They received the promise of the new covenant, which is salvation. It says you will be baptized, submerged, immersed with the Holy Spirit. Okay. You see in the separate experiences, not the same experience. Now it can happen. You can get saved and then right after be baptized. But it doesn't always happen like that. And for many people, it's until you get understanding about the Holy Spirit. Says so the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, let me, here's a great thing. Baptism of the Holy Spirit accompanies salvation as a separate experience. That's in your notes. So here's two basic errors to this philosophy or this thought. Two basic errors that we find regarding the Holy Spirit. The first one is this. It happened just like you said, but that was for them back then. Right? It did, he, didn't, he didn't operate like that. Holy Spirit didn't want to fill us up like that. That was for the disciples because they were sent on an assignment to start and launch the church. That's called cessationism. That means the gifts were, and, and all that the Bible talked about for those days were just for the, but the Bible never said that. That's not at all what the Bible talks about. It doesn't say it at all. Second wrong misconception about the Holy Spirit is that you're not saved until you've experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see this in charismatic world and in Pentecostalism. It's like, well, you're not even saved. Like you're a second rate Christian until you've experienced. How I many know both of those are false? I can be saved and not have been baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, God wants me to receive it in my life right now. Now, look, I've never met a Christian say, I don't want any power from God. Like, I'm good. Just save me. Let me get to heaven. I don't want any power. Uh, never met one. Can you imagine? Anybody, anybody like, I just, I don't want any power? No. Never met one that said, I, I don't want to serve a God that can do the miraculous. You know, that, that's not what people are saying. You know, I've never met someone that uh, says, you know, I have a problem with spiritual gifts. What people have a problem with is that tongue thing. Them tongues. Somebody, pastor, tell me about them tongues. You know what I mean? Come on, somebody, tell me about them tongues. That, that's what people have a problem with. And what we got to understand and address, and I, I really want to talk about that. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2 through 16. It says in verse 2, it says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquent or human eloquence or human wisdom as proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I mean, of the Spirit's power, demonstration. It says, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. So I want to stop there for just a second. So look at what he says. He says, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God is destined for our glory before time began. Now that word glory there is Shabbat. So when you look at that, it's the full weight of God. He wants us to experience the full weight of his power in our life, the full weight of God. So imagine this. He, so here's, am I experiencing all of God? Because that's what he wants. And then look at verse 8. It says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, with no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things of God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. Okay, so he wants us to to receive the full glory that he has for us, to give us his power to live a supernatural life on this earth and to feel and experience the full weight of his glory. But here's the dilemma, that we have as people a limited capacity to receive the full weight of God. As humans, we could not really experience the full weight of God in our own natural self. Now, as a person, we're actually a triune being. Your spirit, body, and then uh, soul. Everybody? You, you, have a, you live in a body. You, are, you have a soul and you, you are a spirit. So we are three parts, yet still one. So the, the full weight of our natural is our body and our soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. So if there is a problem with us receiving all that God has, it's going to be in the natural. But there is a part of you that when you got saved, when you experienced salvation, your spirit man came alive, that you are in that spirit man able to receive the full weight of God in your life. 
So though my limited hard drive, which is my mind, my will, my emotions, and my body does not have the capacity to receive the fullness of God, God created me in such a way that my spirit man does. So what he does is he uses our spirit to bypass this limited hard drive. And so what God will do is he'll download from heaven the full weight of his glory and deposit it in our spirit man, which is the thing and has the ability to, to receive the full weight of God in our lives. But he has to bypass the natural. Are you with me? So this spirit man that God has rebirthed inside of us, it's we are born again, has the capacity to receive from God. So what he does is God creates a language that bypasses our natural. That's what this tongue thing is all about. That what is he doing, pastor? He's bypassing the natural. Look at what it says right here. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It's supernatural. Look, he says, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been in a situation you didn't know what you should pray for? You just know it's hard. And it's like, I don't know what to pray. It's like, God, I, I mean, you, you know how it is. You've got a problem in your marriage. So in the natural, what are you thinking? God, fix that man. Fix that woman. You better get them, God, or I'm going to kill them. Like you got, they are selfish. They're being ugly. You know, they're whatever. They're the, what about your kids? God, you better fix that. What about your boss and your, your, your job? You're like, God, this is not the right place for me. I deserve better. This boss had better know. And, and then you know, you, I'm a child of God. You know, I strike them dead, God. Strike them dead. Right? <laughs> Save them first, but then kill them, God. That's the natural. But look at what it says. It says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us us through wordless groans so the natural you'll begin to say well this is what I want this is what I think this I mean even about this land listen I have been praying more in tongues than I have in a long time I'm just praying God I need your wisdom I think I know where it's supposed to be I feel like it's right but God you got to show us you got to speak to my spirit man to lead us and we've got to follow the peace that God gives you got to bypass this natural sometimes God leads us in a place that don't make sense and if we're not careful and you speak in English you're like God I rebuke the devil. He's like, that's not the devil. That's me. God, I rebuke the devil. That's not the devil. That's me. God, I rebuke the devil. It's, why you say it's the devil? Because he is hard. Well, God don't care about hard. He's the God of supernatural. And so you begin to pray in tongues, and the spirit man says, God, I'm ready for this battle. God, I need faith in my heart. God, I declare joy in my life. And so the tongues bypass the natural and that's the hook up to God it's like because here he's interceding for me in a way that I don't even know that I need but God knows and he's bypassing your natural he's bypassing your limited hard drive look at what it says in verse 10 it says the spirit searches all things even the deep things of God for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them in the same way no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God so you can think you know the thoughts of God, but how I many know his ways are higher than our ways? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You don't have a clue. 
So you need something that bypasses what you know. And it says, what we have received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words that were taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Now that makes sense, right? People that aren't saved, they're not going to know about tongues. That's why I don't talk about it on a Sunday. I mean, I'm not going to work and saying, ha ha, speak in tongues and start speaking in tongues. I mean, it's, that's kind of weird. Why? Because to them, it's foolishness. They don't have the spirit of God on the inside of them. It's like, why would you go? The only reason we do it out loud is if there's an interpretation that God wants to bypass our limited thinking and get to the masses. And look, there's places where that happens. We do prayer on Saturday mornings. I mean, that opportunity could happen there. We're probably not going to do it on a Sunday morning. I mean, God could do it, but don't anybody break out in speaking in tongues on a Sunday service because there ain't going to be an interpretation. Why? Because I'm the leader and I'm telling you there's no interpretation. He'll talk to me. At the end of the day, because here's the challenge, it can get a little weird. Have you ever, it gets out of order, but God's a God of order. And that's one of the things too, people say, well, you know, you start speaking in tongues, it gets weird. No, 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 no. People who get weird when they're talking in tongues and all that, they were weird before they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They were just weird. Come on, somebody. Like, they were already weird and God still wants them to have power. So now they got power in their little weird. And... <laughs> I'm just, like, don't put that on God. God's not weird. Like, I don't see Jesus being weird, and I'm not weird. Have you ever, I mean, most of y'all probably didn't, it's like, I'm not weird. Like, so, I don't think, I don't, I don't think I'm weird. <laughs> yeah. And so, at the end of the day, you just have to know that God is a God of order. God is a God that's not going to, he's not going to come out and just do these freaky things. Like that's a, that's a, I think a lot of times that's a spirit of distraction that's gotten on a well-intended believer, but that believer's immature. You know, there's a time and a place. And if it's not the right time and place, you don't have the freedom to do that. Why? Because you're not leading that. You go launch a church, you go raise up leaders, and then you can have the freedom to do whatever you think God is telling you to do. Come on, can I get an amen? <laughs> I'm sorry. Here we go. People criticize what they don't understand. So they just don't understand. And that's okay. And maybe you've criticized it. It's okay. Tonight it changes. At least you have the information to go back and ponder it and say, okay, I'm going to give this thing another consideration. Look at verse 15. It says, the person with the spirit makes judgment about things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And it's the spirit man that's inside of us. And so the goal of your heavenly language is for your spirit man and God to have fellowship. Do you hear me? It's for your spirit man and God to have fellowship. And it's got to bypass the natural. And that's why the tongue things happen. Because otherwise, how many know you, God will be speaking something through you? And you're like, no, 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 God, we don't want that. No, 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 no. No, no, I don't want to go be humble. I don't want to go submit myself. I don't want to go give and do. And God's like, no, 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 baby. I'm going to pray what you need, not what you want. So it leaves the brain out of it. Uh, now, 
I've got, I'm going to share with you how to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Before I do, there's usually questions that I get that come with the Holy Spirit. And so let me just answer some of these in a Q&A form, and then we'll dive into how do I receive the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. So first one is, Pastor, can I be baptized with the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues? The answer, yes. But my, my thing is, why? I mean, I mean, I can get married and not kiss Phyllis, but why? Come on, somebody, I'm going to kiss that girl. Is it, you know, I ain't got four kids because I like kids. I like, I like Phyllis. That's why I got all them kids, you know? So I think if, if someone was asking me about that question, like, hey, why do I have to? My, my question would be, why are you not wanting to? Like, that's really, because it, it probably would go back to the weird deal. It kind of goes back to the, well, it was weird. It was, but, but again, God's not weird. God is, and, and, and I want to be endued with power as a Christian. I want to pray God's language so that I pray God's will over my life. And so, really, you could, but I just don't know why you would. The second question is, can every believer speak with tongues? Someone would say, well, I thought that uh, I read somewhere that it's a gift for some. And the answer is yes to both. Every person can speak in tongues. Uh, it, it, and yes, it is a gift. But, but how many know I don't have to have the gift of faith to have faith? Like every one of us have faith, but then there are those that have the gift of faith. So I don't have to have the gift of something to have that something. I don't have to have the gift of tongues to have tongues. And so, again, you know, I, I'm good at math, but it doesn't mean I have the gift of math. Uh, it just, it's, it's totally different. So you can't discount one and say, well, it's just this. No, no, it's for every believer. Nowhere in there does it say just some. No, it's for all of us. Uh, third question, I thought it said somewhere in the love chapter that tongues would pass away. This would go to cessationists, those that believe it was for the disciples to build the church, but it's not for today, it was back then. Um, what you have to understand in that love chapter, look, it says uh, that all of you, what good is it to have love? It's worthless. It's like a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. But if you don't have love, none of the things that, that we have in our life are worth anything. Uh, it says that knowledge would be passed away, uh, that pass away. But how many know we still have knowledge? How many can think? Can anybody think? Can anybody reason? So you can't really take it in the context of that. What it's saying is that I could have all these things, but if I don't have love, it's worthless. Uh, here's, now here's the last question. How do I receive the, the Holy Spirit? Here, here's the first thing. You ready? The first one is this. You've got to remove all barriers. So some of you have doctrinal hangups, and that's okay. Hopefully the scriptures tonight, you know, I've only got... 35 minutes. Go back and read the scriptures. Go back and study. These are the scriptures that I promise you will lead you to the same conclusion. Uh, some of you, you know, you've rejected it just because of what you grew up in or what you've seen, and that's okay. But how I many know if you reject it because of that, you reject the power that God wants to give you for the assignment that He has for your life? So you got to remove the barriers. Look, tongues is not of the devil. I hate to say, look, they're like, that's so that. No, 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 it's not of the devil, it's of God. Wouldn't it be like the devil to let us think it is so that we lose the power that God wants us to have? Um, and so we just, we got to remove barriers. You know, some of the barriers are doubt, unbelief, unforgiveness, pride. We just got to say, God, I'm asking you to remove any barrier that would cause me to not receive the gift that you have for me. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God would call. 
So we've got to remove all the barriers. Second thing is, look, request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just request. So remove barriers. And then I just got to ask for it. Look, Jesus, I'm asking you to give me the gift of the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your power. Look, you're not seeking tongues. You're seeking the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, so it's not the tongue I'm after. That's just the evidence. God, I'm asking for all of you. I want full, I'm going to be filled up with the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says, If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So you just got to ask. Everybody say ask. Third thing is this, receive him by faith. It's not a linguistic seizure. So I receive it by faith. I didn't start having a seizure. You know, I didn't start throwing some things together. It's just... Uh, it's, it's very precious. When you discover your prayer language, it is a precious thing, man. You know, because think about this. I'm praying the mysteries of heaven. How precious is that? God, I'm praying like my spirit man is communing with you right now. How amazing is that? You know, it would be like learning French and talking to someone you love in French. It's like, why would I discard the, the love language, right? The French language and no, 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 man, it's amazing. It's precious. It's not something that we've got to be nervous about or scared about. Hebrews eleven six. 6, and without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So God, I believe that you're going to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I receive it by faith. Then the fourth and final thing is just release your prayer language. Um, it's nothing like I wish it, you know, I could it's just that easy. You just got to begin to speak as the Lord gives you the utterance. Now, you know, someone say, well, good. does God take over my mouth and my tongue? No, he doesn't. Actually, you have to move your own mouth and you have to move your own tongue. And, but you'll begin to hear things and you begin to, you just, you utter them. That's the faith part. And you stop praying in English. It's very interesting. Syllables. I mean, and nobody's prayer language sounds the same. Everybody's sounds different. And so, but you have to release the prayer language in your life. And it's an amazing thing as we do that. So it's so simple. Uh, just remove all barriers, request the gift of the Holy Spirit. We receive him by faith and then we release uh, the prayer language in our mouth. Amen.